0: We've all heard the old saying about what happens when you assume. And so on today's show, we're gonna jump into a couple of different assumptions that people sometimes make that, well, really aren't always that accurate. So let's jump in.
1: It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Glad to have you today on My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George alongside Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. And you heard it. We're talking about assumptions today and why retirement assumptions can get you in trouble if you're not careful. Now, some of these might be accurate for your situation, but in many cases they're not. So we just want to make sure that you are clear that these things that are commonly assumed in retirement aren't always necessarily the case. Lee, it's good to talk to you again. How's everything?
0: Everything's good, man. I'm looking forward to today's show cuz a lot of these assumptions I hear people talk about all the time and so mm-hmm. it's, it's just good conversation. I think it'll be I think it'll be a lot of fun.
1: You know, it's interesting because you know we were talking a little bit before the show started and you're telling me about a, about somebody you just spent some time with and and I thought this was a great story one because I just thought the way you were telling it and, and who the person was was really interesting, but it also goes to show you, it's never too late to sit down with somebody and talk about retirement planning.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this was a 91 year old guy who came in. Uh, he, it, it was a, a neat, just a really neat meeting as his nephew brought him in. His nephew's a, uh, a client of ours. And so the 91 year old guy comes in, you know, his mind, he's still sharp. He moves very slow. Couldn't hear that well. Uh, had a little difficulty signing. You know, he said, I can't I can't write the way I used to because I've got the, he called them the Tremors, And and I think that was common back then. Uh, kind of, you know, years ago, that's, that's what older folks kind of referred to, you know, what you might call the shakes or whatever. But his mind was sharp. He just gave me some really cool, I guess, life lessons. Told me he's been married for 70 years. Uh, gave me the secret to their success. He said, every day I look her in the eye and I tell her, you know, tell her how much I love her. And he said, we never go to bed mad at each other and always kiss her and tell our love It was just a, it was a refreshing conversation. The guy never once asked me, you know, about politics or, you know, the stock market or anything like that. It, it was just really neat. So I guess maybe my encouragement to everybody out there, if you've got older relatives, um, maybe go spend some time because they enjoy the conversation. And certainly I did too.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. And, it you know, I think you hear that advice a lot from, from couples that have been married a while, you know, never go to bed angry, you know, always look, kind of look out for each other to kind of put those things aside and, and uh, focus on what's important. But that's a pretty, pretty incredible story. You don't, you don't hear many people that have been in a relationship that long anymore. Lisa. That's no, personal.
0: no, absolutely. When he told me 70 years, I start reflecting back. I'm like, how in the world is Pam going to put up with me <laughs> 70 years? I'm not sure she can, but anyway, I'll I'll keep everybody
1: posted on that. Uh, very good. Well, look, if you haven't joined us before, you can find our website, myretirementclarity.com. You'll get everything you need to know about Lee and his business, plus a lot of resources there. We put all of our, our podcasts on the website as well. If you've missed anything or want to go back and, and learn more about uh, Lee's strategies and approach to retirement planning, it's all right there, at myretirementclarity.com. And if you want to schedule a meeting with Lee as well, it's very simple talk with Lee. Dot com is the website. Uh, Lee, before we jump into our conversation today, I wanted to get your thoughts on a little topic in the news. You know, we've seen a lot about uh, President Biden and, and some of the legislation he's put out. We've seen the latest stimulus plan. But, you know, a lot of the conversation early, early this year, since he's kind of taken office, has been this idea of a $15 minimum wage. It seems to be, depending on where you listen and who you're speaking with, You'll hear, you know, pros and cons about it, but it seems to be gaining more and more momentum. What do you think about this fifteen dollars minimum wage? Is it a good thing, bad thing? What's your What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, people are kind of all over the map on this. I, I am, to me, it's just a bit of a stretch to go from where we are right now, bumping up to fifteen dollars an hour for minimum wage. I think ultimately it's going to have some negative consequences that that the you know I'll just, for lack of a better term, I'll call them the empty suits. Uh, what some of our politicians are thinking? Mm-hmm. American companies are are very smart. They're very ingenious, and they'll figure out a way around this. Meaning that they're not going to hire people for fifteen. They're fifteen dollars an hour. They're not going to hire my kid at, at a fast food restaurant for fifteen dollars an hour. They'll replace that that piece of the puzzle with a with a with a computer. We've already seen this in some places like McDonald's, you can go in there and, and you don't have to talk to anybody to order it. You, you can, but you have the option of putting the order in yourself with a, with a kiosk. You'll see things like that continue to gain ground, pick up steam in other, in other industries as well. Uh, I, I just can't see it, see it happening. It's also probably gonna put a lot of mom and pop folks out of business. Uh, that is certainly a big concern for a lot of people. So I think many times the government looks at a $15 minimum wage and think, you know, how we, we've got to give people enough money to to make a living for a family of four. Honestly, if, if you really can only qualify for a $15 minimum wage, $15 hourly wage, it's going to be very difficult to to support a family on that. I don't think that was the, the intent. Is for that to to be able to keep somebody out of poverty. Uh, I just can't see it working being there's too too many problems and too many concerns. Now, is it gonna happen? It could. You certainly can't, you know, can't discount anything that politicians try to do nowadays. And that's not a, a Democratic or or Republican statement. It's it's anything. Politicians do what they're gonna do. So hopefully, in my opinion, it it won't pass, but I don't know.
1: Well, we'll keep an eye on it either way over the course of this year and moving forward. You know, it will affect things, I'm sure. We've already kind of heard some talk about increasing taxes and that sort of thing, so... All things to watch and uh, work with your advisor on as you uh, move forward this this year and beyond. So let's jump into our main conversation about assumptions, and you know these are certain assumptions we see people make in terms of retirement that just aren't always correct, um, and oftentimes they're wrong. So we want to kind of explore these and, and and have Lee clear them up for us and explain why they aren't always the case. And let's start with one on spending. You know, with retirement, the the common assumption is that hey. I'm, uh, I don't have all these bills to worry about, all these other things. I'm just going to spend less once I retire. I don't have to travel as much to work. I'm not filling up my car all the time, all this stuff. But that's not always the case, right?
0: No, not really. I mean, we all see the the TV commercials on how people paint the, the perfect retirement. You know, people traveling or playing golf or playing pickleball in kind of in, in my world. I live in a pickleball world now. Uh, you know, we're buying stuff for the grandkids, all those kind of things none of these activities are free. They all cost a good chunk of money, and and really there's a good chance that you're going to spend just as much money when you're retired as you do now, maybe even more. Uh, Of course, there are folks who spend less in retirement, but there's a lot of people that spend really kind of the same. um, You know, it's not always, it doesn't always happen, but it does. So think about this, and I hear this all the time. While you're working, What's the day of the week that you spend the most money? For me right now, since I'm working, the day I spend the most money is Saturday. Yeah. Is that kind of the same for you, Ben?
1: Yeah, weekends, probably most money yeah. spending, yeah. Yeah,
0: Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, it, it's a free day. You're not you're not bound by the constraints of a normal work day, you know, being in your office or in your home now, working eight to five. But when you're retired, every day is a Saturday. And I've heard clients of mine tell me this a hundred times, you know, I'll meet lots of times when they come in the office, I'll meet with them. And before they leave, you know, we're going to go ahead and put the next review on the calendar and I'll say, Hey, what, what day is best for you? And what do they say? They say, it's up to you because every day is a Saturday for me. And so that's, that's true. And so for me, really, this is why I think it's crucial to have a budget in retirement and know where your money's going to go, so that so that you don't overspend. Because some people truly do get in trouble, and in, in that first year or two, they they overspend. So budget your money. You know, of course, this last year with 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 COVID, people have actually spent less. Met a ton of people that said, "Hey, we just didn't spend any money because they couldn't go anywhere." As things start to open up, you're going to see those expenses kick back up. So just kind of keep that in mind. It, it doesn't mean you're automatically going to spend less when you retire.
1: Definitely something to keep in mind and, and something you have to plan for to figure out exactly what kind of lifestyle and how much you actually want to spend. Once you're in retirement taxes, we kind of touched on this show already, but you know, even, you know, thinking about taxes in terms of, Hey, when I get to retirement, I'm not making as much money. I'm not working anymore. I do have that paycheck coming in every month. So I assume my taxes are going to be less once I get to retirement and this isn't even talking about kind of where current tax rates are. It's just the fact that many people just assume that they won't be paying as many taxes just because they're not working.
0: Yeah. So I, I wouldn't count on, on your taxes being lower in retirement. I mean, you can hope for it, but, but in my experience over the last 15 years, it doesn't always happen. So remember the money that you pull out of your 401k or or your IRA or 403 B or whatever you have, that those distributions are taxable Uh, your your social security income is going to be partially taxable for almost everybody listening to this this podcast and as as you kind of referenced a little bit there income tax rates right now federal rates really we're at a a historical low as far as tax brackets and so as you know if you've listened to the show for any amount of time taxes is really one of my my hot button issues and frankly you know, a lot of people will sort of stick their head into the sand uh, and ignore the issue and just kind of hope it goes away. But the smart ones, the smart folks understand kind of what's happening with taxes, what direction taxes are probably going to go, and, and they're preparing for it. Right now, I think if you look at the, where the money is allocated from a federal budget standpoint, about 76 percent, a little north of 76 percent, is allocated to entitlement programs, you know, things like Medicare, Social Security, mm-hmm. uh, Medicaid, all those kind of things. And so if, if these programs continue at their current rate of growth, you know, in, in less than 10 years, that this is gonna require probably north of 90 90% of the federal budget. So at that point, government's gonna have no choice but to raise taxes to make ends meet. So, you know, really for that reason, more and more of my clients are wanting to implement some tax planning to to their plans and and i'm not talking about lowering taxes this year by finding additional deductions you can do that with your cpa and and that's kind of what most of those do but in my opinion that's really a small picture view and and i'm talking about having uh taking a a macro view or or a long-term view and so by doing this you can save literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in federal taxes over your lifetime but you gotta you gotta put in that work on the front end Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, How to Protect Your IRA or 401k from the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future, and with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So, I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So, here's how you get it just text the word diffuse to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word diffuse to 474747. And get your copy today. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, here's a third assumption I want to talk to you about. Um, I think more and more parents right now are having to make the decision do I help my kids with college or do I continue to save and protect my retirement? And I think the common assumption is, Hey, I got to look out for my kids first, help them. That's our instinct, right? As parents, let's take care of our kids first and worry about myself. But this can be a big problem, right?
0: Yeah, it really can be. And I know I'll probably step on some toes here and I, I don't have grandkids. I do have kids. Uh, I don't want grandkids for quite some time because my kids are young, but anyway, I, we all want what's best for our, our kids and our grandkids, but I, I'll tell you this. It's really amazing the number of people that I see who will sacrifice their retirement, uh, sometimes to the point of sabotaging it, to, to pay for things for their kids or grandkids. And, and I get it. If there's an emergency or a dire situation, that's different. I'll, I'll drain my retirement accounts for my kids if it, if it is an, you know, an emergency or health issue or something like that. But going to college is not a, it's not a right, it's not an entitlement. Owning a house, you know, somebody taking out a chunk of money for their kid to make a down payment on a house, that's, you don't have to do that. So remember this, there's no such thing as financial aid for retirement. Uh, it's great if you wanna help your kids, of course, but you just gotta make sure you don't put yourself in a bind in the process. Student loan debt can, can really be a burden but I'll tell you this, mom and dad being a financial liability later in life for their kids is a, a much, much bigger burden.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. All right, let's 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 finish off with this one assumption that uh, many people have, unfortunately, is you know as they get closer to retirement, and, and for a lot of people, that day rapidly approaches, right? You, you All of a sudden, you look, turn around, and some of your friends are starting to retire, and you kind of look at your bank account and your savings, and, and maybe you don't feel comfortable with where you are. Maybe you don't think you have enough built up in your nest egg and that assumption is that i'll never be able to retire but that's where you kind of come in lee and you work with people to help find that solution
0: yeah yeah it's obviously it's easier to build a nest egg when you're you know if you get an early start on things but a lot of people get to to 50 and look around and and they start to see the light at the end of the tunnel tunnel and and they you know kind of feel like they're they're behind the eight ball the truth is, if, if you're in your fifties, you're really in a, a pretty good position to save, save some money and, and close close the gap. You know, hopefully kids are are uh, getting close to being out of school and some of those expenses are dropping off. But it's really about being disciplined enough to to know that the the paycheck from your job is going to one day go away. You know, honestly, a lot of times people just simply wait too late to start saving, and for those folks, they they may have to wind up working longer just to give money more time to grow, and, and that's the reality of the situation. But I'll tell you this, for, for folks who haven't really saved a whole lot of money and, and they don't think they're going to be able to, to do that, they can get to retirement, but they're going to do it in a little bit different way. They've got to cut expenses and, and decrease their lifestyle. Um, you don't need a million dollars to retire. It's, it's nice. Uh, a lot of people would love to have a million dollars saved for retirement but for other folks a million dollars isn't going to be near enough. So it's really all about what kind of retirement lifestyle that you want and and what your monthly financial obligations are. And so it's it's definitely what I like to call a sort of a cash flow conundrum. You simply need more money coming in than you've got going out. And again, you've got to put those numbers on a piece of paper and live by that and and that is a budget. And that's that's how you get to retirement. Don't don't think you have to save a million or $2 million. As long as you've got less money going out than you've got coming in, you can retire.
1: Makes it sound so simple, Lee. So simple. Yeah. It really is, but nobody wants to follow those those processes and stick to a budget, right? That's the difficult that, part. That's
0: true. Anytime you bring up the B word, people kind of <laughs> cringe a little bit, but it's it's absolutely necessary.
1: No question. Well, if you want to make sure you're confident in your retirement plans and make sure you're not making any of these assumptions, you can always schedule a call with, with Lee or a meeting. It's very simple. Just go to talkwithlee.com. That is the website and you'll connect with Lee and run through all these things and just kind of make sure you know you can get that peace of mind in your future and kind of where you're headed. I want to get a, a mailbag question in before we get out of here today, Lee. Um, and again, if you have something for us, you can send it in myretirementclarity.com. That is the website. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This question came in from Bo in Atlanta. He says, I need about $5,000 to live on each month in retirement, and my Social Security and pension will total about $5,300. So about $300 over what he thinks he's going to need. Does this mean I'll be able to leave my entire 401k behind to my son?
0: Huh, good question. There's a, a lot of moving parts to this, even though it seems like a pretty cut and dry answer. Yeah, you could probably leave a lot of that 401k to your son, but I would say, why would you leave it? whole thing to him. You you amass this money. I would I would say go out and spend it. Live your life, increase that that retirement lifestyle. Do some things that you've never done before. But you also you can't forget that you don't know how you will age and and it may wind up being that you have to use some of this 401k for for health considerations in the future. And I think probably the other thing Bo that you may be overlooking is inflation. It looks like right now you got about $300 overage. you get a little bit of a COLA, cost of living adjustment with that Social Security, but your pension likely does not have that. So over time, your your buying power is going to decrease uh, with that $5,300. So don't forget about inflation. You may have to factor that in, and you may wind up having to take some distributions from that 401k to uh, make ends meet. So good question. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, Bo, sit down with an advisor to get that all worked out. We do appreciate the question. If you want to talk with Lee, that's all you got to do. Type it in. Talkwithlee.com is the website. And Lee, before we get out of here today, let's let's remind people of the Ticking Tax Time Bomb book offer because a lot of people have taken advantage of it and we got a lot of good feedback from it.
0: Yeah, taxes are definitely on everybody's mind. So if you'd like a a copy of the book, Diffuse Seven Steps to Diffusing the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb, just go to text the word diffuse d-e-f-u-s-e text the word diffuse to 474747 give us a name and a good good mailing address and we will ship it out to you at no charge
1: great very simple to do uh, we appreciate you listening to this episode if you haven't subscribed please do so you'll find also all of our podcasts online at myretirementclarity.com it's also where you find everything you need to know about jail perkins wealth management lee thanks for helping us clear up some of these assumptions today and hopefully some people have learned a thing or two along the way
0: Hey, man. Appreciate it, man. Take care.